even though it's not related, your arguments around the dishwasher are appearing in your sex life. Hello, lovely ones. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about sex. So this is a big one. It brings up all the stuff for people. It brings up all the beliefs you didn't know were there, maybe all the grief or sadness or loss, all the stuff. So go into this with an open mind and that this is a short forum and so I can't deal with all the aspects of this. But I've chosen three particular areas that clients I'm working with struggle with and ways to get through that. Okay, I hope it's useful. Before we dive in, this is to caveat this conversation that I'm not talking about trauma-related obstacles to sex in this episode. That is much more complex and nuanced work and must be done individually. So please keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. What I am speaking about are three really common obstacles that couples face in their sex lives, reasons that they may not be having sex and ways in which you can work with this. And the first one is you are feeling resentful. So I've said resentful, this can be other big feelings that are like unsafe or don't feel comfortable in your body, but any sort of unnamed feeling between the two of you, something that hasn't been spoken about, something that hasn't been said, is a real dampener for your sex lives because what it means is that you can't be with each other in a free way. You can't be with each other knowing that this thing is kind of nagging at you that actually I'm still annoyed with you that you haven't done X or I'm really annoyed that you still haven't done Y. And that sort of resentment can really eat into our sex lives. So even though it's not related, your arguments around the dishwasher are appearing in your sex life. We also want to think about whose pleasure is prioritized in these moments. So are you feeling resentful about the actual act of sex? Like who's, yeah, who initiates? Are you resentful about that? Do you have beliefs around who should initiate sex? Whose pleasure should be prioritized? If things are not feeling equitable in that way, then feelings of like resentment can really get kind of stuck in our bodies and can really limit the way that we're able to be free with each other, to be playful with each other, to be light with each other. So yeah, lots of mental load stuff here. And we'll get into this with clients a lot around if you are feeling resentful to your partner because you feel like abandoned by them in some way that they don't, they aren't reliable or they're not kind of pulling their weight or the, you know, the kind of weight that you imagine they should be pulling and you're feeling alone or you're feeling abandoned and there are things that you can't or won't say, or there's things that you are saying, but are not feeling heard. You don't feel that your partner is getting you in that. And that can be such a block in sex lives around this is the only kind of powerful place I have and you I'm not giving you access to my body so yeah this is really common and I think particularly in the way in which we live currently where almost always and almost all of the clients I work with their resources don't match the kind of needs or expectations in their lives so they are chronically overwhelmed and if this is about their partners or they've made it mean something about their partners then that resentment is often kind of present and and really messes with the way that you're able to be intimate together okay number two 
might be surprising is that you have too much daily intimacy. So we often get like kind of conflate sex and intimacy. And of course, sex is a type of intimacy, but it's only one type of intimacy. And if we are in other areas of our life having too much intimacy, that can really kind of deaden the eros part of our relationship. Esther Perel talks about this far more eloquently. I recommend reading her books. I'll put a link in the show notes where she speaks about this at length. But basically, this is a lot to do with and often comes up with couples who have children. So there's a daily intimacy around chores, around school runs, around wiping other people's bums, around like paying bills and hoovering the downstairs and taking out the rubbish and doing the dishes and stacking the just like endless chores. And there's a real intimacy to this that I think I only really got having my own children and having learned about this before and then feeling that in our relationship that, yeah, there's a lot of kind of grim daily things that you have to get done. And that can really dampen the easy go lucky, like easy part of early relationships where it's kind of much easier to tap into that era. So it's not that it's not there. It's just that this stuff kind of drains energy around that. And so be aware of the places in which your relationship is kind of smothered or overwhelmed by those daily tasks. And also be aware that sometimes you'll have whole seasons of that and that that doesn't mean something's necessarily gone wrong, but that you will definitely go through sort of ebbs and flows of like how both of you are able to access that light, playful kind of life force energy in your relationship, which is essential to be able to have sex with each other. Uh, and to be able to play in that kind of way where you're putting everything else down literally from the day, from the month, from the year, from all your responsibilities and meeting each other in a totally different way. So yes, too much daily intimacy or domestic Im- intimacy, you could say. And then the third one is you are not connected with yourself. So you're not connected with your body. You're not connected with your own desire. You're not connected with like what your what is pleasurable to you, what is not pleasurable, what you do or don't want to do. And that can be really, really kind of tricky in in relationships, just for the sense of meeting the other person. It's like that sense of if I don't know where I am on a map, it's very difficult to communicate that or difficult slash impossible to communicate that to somebody else is that if we are not connected to ourselves, that it makes connection, true connection with our partners limited in a particular way. So of course you can still be having sex, but it won't have the same sort of quality and it won't have the same, you won't have the the same quality of connection with each other in sex. And that can then sometimes kind of flow back into how regularly you're wanting to have sex or how much of a chore it feels that just feels like, oh, another Thing we have to do this is also deeply influenced by what like how you grew up with sex like what sort of body shaming happened in your family was sex considered like a natural normal thing that human beings do and play in did you grow up in strictly kind of religious backgrounds that that may have particular views about sex not all religions do this but many are restrictive around sex and put a moral kind of slant on it 
that it's sometimes like it's good or it's bad. And if you've grown up with that, that's will be very much part of like kind of baked into you and will absolutely influence the way that you're able to access sex, the way you think about it, the way you experience it. And so that is really, really common that we often, we grow up in a way that there's silence around sex or just deep implicit shame around it. And then we're never kind of spoken to about that later. So yes, there's all sorts of issues linked to that around like how parents deal with their children's sexuality as well. So it's not just you, a sexual being, suddenly when you turn 18, but that this development into ourselves and that we know that even babies like pleasure themselves and are, are connected to their body in this kind of erotic way. And yeah, depending on what your beliefs are, what your experience has been, you'll be able to access that in different ways. Any kind of moral slant on sexual behavior is something to look at, something to be curious about, something to explore. And also not something that is that difficult to work with. And so if you like are familiar with some of the things I'm talking about, it's not bad. It's just something to be curious about. It's something to look at. And that those beliefs are, yes, very much baked into us, but also we are so malleable and you can work on this stuff and it doesn't have to be, it. it's not like a death knob for your sex life. It is okay. All right, let's leave it at that. I'll just quickly go over the three ways that you might be kind of interfering with your sex life or the reasons you're not having sex. So the first is that you're feeling resentful or some other big feeling that you're not speaking about with each other. The second is that you have too much daily or domestic intimacy and that is impacting the way in which you're able to access desire and eros and kind of life force between you. And three is that you are not connected to your own body or you find it hard to stay in your own body. And that makes it really difficult to connect with your partner. Okay, I hope this is helpful. If it prompts anything for you, this is work that I do all the time with clients. And if this is something you would like to work on with me, please get in touch. There are links in the show notes or you can just chat with me on Instagram. All right, have a good week. Bye.